This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 5th, 2019. Encore Showtime. Did you see me up there? I'm like one of those concert. Woo! Fourth in. Yeah. So, what does Jesus do for an encore after living a perfect life, dying a tragic death, resurrecting from the grave, and ascending to heaven? That's our focus this month as we look closely at the first few chapters of the book of Acts. Well, good morning, Connection Church. It is so good to see you. It is great to see those of you who are joining us online. Barry, everything is fine. Your team is awesome. Barry's watching us from Wildwood while his kids are in a band competition along with some others. And we've got CJ in Texas and lots of others. Sue and Tom and Missy and Lori. And hey, Mike. Good to see you, Mike. And Barb Reynolds in Florida. Do you know that when you can't be here with us on Sunday morning, you can go online and watch our services live. Just go on Facebook. No more excuses. No more excuses. <laughs> All right. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace. I'm Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I just need to say, too, Tom, it's great to have you back. Tom's been away for a while, and we are just so glad to have you here. So, all right, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Settle us in, that we might hear your word found in Scripture, that we might be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said... Amen. Amen. And so today we are starting a new series called Encore, Encore, and we're looking at the book of Acts. It's also called Acts of the Apostles. It was written by Luke, who wrote Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, Acts really is like a Luke part two, because the story continues. I am not sure if they had asked me, I probably would have kept Luke and Acts together in the Bible, but John's in the middle of them. We are now focusing on chapter 1 and 2 of the book of Acts. Here we go. In the, let me read it from here. I'm just so excited to be here today. I got overwhelmed when I was listening to the music, and God is so good. Oh, my goodness. All right. All the time. In the first book, Theophilus, Luke writes this. In the first book, Theophilus, meaning Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hmm. And so Luke is writing as he tells us to, well, he's addressing Theophilus. It's the same one he wrote the book of Luke to. 
And so the question is, who is Theophilus? And we're not sure. Perhaps he's a high-ranking Roman official because when he addresses him Luke, he addresses him as Your Excellency. On the other hand, Theophilus is a Greek for, uh, uh, it's Greek for, well, Theo means God, Philus means to love, so it's for one who loves God, a God lover. And so perhaps it's written to a God lover, and this was maybe a way to protect that person by not naming them by their given name because they were in a very anti-Christian culture. Maybe it was both. We don't know. We're guesses. Whatever the reason, though, Luke is writing this to Theophilus. And so what we have here is 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension to heaven. And during that time, Jesus appeared to different people, and he continued to use this time to teach them and to, about the kingdom of God, and he also told them to stay put and wait. Remember, we talked about waiting last week. Waiting is not easy, but it's a theme throughout the scripture. And so once again, Jesus says, wait. It is a reoccurring theme in the Bible. It's a reoccurring theme in our lives. So Jesus is talking to his disciples here, and he's basically saying, wait, because it isn't over. There's more to come. There's much more to come. The Holy Spirit is coming to give you what you need, disciples, to continue doing the work that we've started and you're going to continue after I'm gone, Jesus is telling them. We read about Jesus' promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit after his departure previously in the book of John, before, before he even went to the cross. And so here Jesus is reminding his followers what he had told them previously. He's reminding them that the show isn't over, that there's an encore coming, and it will be a, a showtime all over again. When we look at verses 6 and 7 of the first chapter of Acts, the disciples ask Jesus if Jesus is now going to restore Israel. And Jesus tells them that that is in his father's timing, not theirs. And then he shares something really big, really important. And here we go, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and, say the rest with me, to the ends of the earth. Say ends of the earth. Very good. Okay, again, there's waiting. In this case, Jesus says, when the whole, that means it's sometime in the future, right? Wait, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But when that happens, <laughs> watch out. Because you'll be receiving some serious power, some serious Holy Spirit power, some godly power, greatest power source in the universe, the power that created the universe, the power that is the universe. Jesus says, basically, you'll be tapping into that power as you are my witnesses. And you'll be tapping into that power as you witness what I've done, what I've said. You'll be doing it with Holy Spirit power. It's available to them. It's available to you and me as well. Isn't that pretty wild? It's available to us as we witness, as we share what we know. You know what a witness does, right? Share what you know, what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've experienced. We have that Holy Spirit. As we go about our business of connecting people with Jesus and the 
new life he offers. For them, it started right there in Jerusalem, as Jesus tells them. Then it's going to spread to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. For us, where do you think it's going to start? Middletown. Very good. Right here in Middletown. Spread to Newcastle, Kent Counties, down all the way to the rest of Delaware. We're going over to Maryland, hey? We're going into the close by, and then we'll even jump over the bay, right? And then we'll just get all those surrounding states. Eventually, we'll cover the country. And in time, we're going to go to the ends of the earth, right? Jesus basically is saying his message is going to spread. And guess who's going to spread it? All y'all. All you us. Because <laughs> it's disciples, and we're disciples, aren't we? The disciples are going to spread it. The good news of Jesus Christ is going viral. Going viral. Okay, who's on social media in this room? Who is on the internet? We don't mean okay, right this minute, a lot of you. Yeah. A lot of us are on social media. We have seen good things and good uses of social media, and we've seen some really not good things that are destructive in social media. But can you imagine, can you imagine us going viral with the good news of Jesus Christ? Can you imagine what difference it could make? I could just jump up right now, the difference it could make if we went viral with the good news of Jesus Christ, what he's done in our lives, how we're different. Can you imagine going viral with an invite to people that you know, using even social media or just talking the old-fashioned way, and saying, hey, come with me to church. Come with me to Connection. All your baggage, it's okay. Come with all of your hurts and your hang-ups, and come meet Jesus. Let's go viral with that. Let's go viral that we have a food ministry. And if people are hungry, they can come get food for free. No questions asked. Let's go viral when we um, have things that strengthen marriages so that our communities can be strong. Our kids can be focused. Strengthening marriages. Summer camps for teens. And the garage, or not the garage, that's our old life, the gym for our our youth and our elementary kids and oh my goodness connection church can you imagine going viral hey i'm in a really cool small group it helps me grow let's go viral with that message we can use social media to build up to <clears throat> not tear down and god can use us to witness to whose we are god's and how we are different because of Jesus in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's a message that we can all share. Amen. So, back to the scripture, Acts chapter 1. After Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit would come, he was taken into heaven. I mean, right there before their eyes. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. In fact, if you read the message, it's a paraphrased version of Scripture. The way it shares it, it says this. It says, as they watched, he was taken up and disappeared in a crowd. They stood there staring into the empty sky. That must have been some, some day, don't you think? 
Man. And it appeared at that moment that the show was over. At least that part anyway. At least for the time being. At least until the encore happened. <coughs> the encore that Jesus was promising. And so they returned to Jerusalem. And they kind of huddled together. And what did they do? They prayed together. They did life together. They prayed. And they waited for the encore of the, that the Holy Spirit would bring. They did not have to wait long. It happened. It happened very soon after that. Yep. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is a Greek word. It's the Greek name for a Jewish festival that the, is known as the Feast of Harvest. It celebrates the beginning of the wheat harvest. It comes 50 days, thus the word penta, that's 50, uh, Greek 50, penta, 50 days after the Feast of First Fruits. So the, the Jews had these two uh, harvest celebrations. The one, the first fruit celebration, they celebrated the harvest of barley. And that took place around the time of what we celebrate Easter. Now, the other uh, celebration, the celebration of harvest, celebrated the harvest of, of wheat, okay? And that came uh, 50 days after that other harvest, thus Pentecost. So you got this 50-day interval between the two. We also call this coming of the Holy Spirit Pentecost rather than coming up with a new name. So we call it Pentecost as well. And, you know, the Jews, they loved these celebrations. It was important. I mean, they were expected to come back to Jerusalem for these. So people from all over the place, different countries, different cities, speaking a variety of languages are gathered in the city for the um, Pentecost celebration. And it's really important for us to realize all these different people are in town because that helps explain to us what happens next. Check it out. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. They, meaning the disciples, divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in, their, in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And now is that we, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? <laughs> but others sneered and said, ah, they're filled with new wine. <laughs> they're drunk. <laughs> Ten days after the ascension of Jesus to heaven, ten days after Jesus telling them to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, it <coughs> happened. It happened. 
Showtime. We've all experienced a violent wind. I mean, think about when there's a storm outside and you're in the house and it just feels like everything's kind of really going crazy. But in this scripture, it was not only outside, it was inside the room. Wow, it filled the entire house. And imagine things, tongues of fire. It didn't burn them up, just like the burning bush in, in Exodus. It did not. But it put the fire of God into them. Ooh. The Holy Spirit of God into them. And they began speaking. It wasn't them. It was the Holy Spirit of God speaking in tongues and languages that they had never heard before, never spoken before. So the crowd gathered people from many nations, and they were both amazed, and they were bewildered, and they were even perplexed as they heard the disciples, these locals, speaking in their native languages, sharing this message of God's incredible deeds of power. Showtime. <laughs> yeah, that's some serious Holy Spirit power on display, wouldn't you say? On that, first Pente on that Pentecost Day, first Christian Pentecost Day. How wild must that have been? I, I don't know how many times I've read, heard this story. I mean, it's been a lot. And every time I read, I'm just overwhelmed by this picture of what went on that day. Imagine the surprise of the disciples, what they must have felt speaking a language that's completely foreign to them. Anybody here take a foreign language in school? Yeah, I took Spanish like starting in seventh grade all the way till the end of my second semester in college. Yo quiero Taco Bell, that's about all I got. <laughs> Eight years, that's about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> These guys, boom, they get the whole, they're fluently speaking a language. They got no idea what it is, and the guys around them are understanding them, and they're picking up the whole story of God's power. Isn't that just the wildest thing? Whew, incredible. Some serious Holy Spirit power going on there. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit has only been there in Spanish class. Yeah. Wow. All right, so there are cynics in every crowd. And so some thought that the disciples were, were drunk, and Peter stood up and said, well, first of all, it's only 9 in the morning. but We don't start drinking till 11. Oh, don't listen to that. He dispelled that idea, and then he went on to quote the Old Testament, a prophet named Joel. They knew the Old Testament well. And so Joel spoke this word. A prophet is someone who is God's mouthpiece. This wasn't just Joel talking. This was God talking through Joel. And Joel spoke this hundreds of years before this particular event. Here it is. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Joel spoke that hundreds of years before Peter knew that deep in his heart. That's why we need to have scripture deep in. And then he is ready in the power of the Holy Spirit, 
And he says this to says, the crowd. You that are Is Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. This Jesus God raised up, and of all that, this is hard to say, this Jesus God raised up, and of all that, all, say that line for me, Alan. And of that, all of us are witnesses. That, like he said. Just like that. <laughs> being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, that you both see and hear. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Whom you <laughs> crucified. That's pretty rough, isn't it? I mean, he's pointing the finger right at them, so to speak. And this is Peter, who not long before this, uh, 50... Uh, it's okay. 57 days yeah. before this, or so, something like that, 55 days, whatever. On the night before Jesus was arrested, he fearfully denied even knowing the guy. Not once, three times, at a time when Jesus really could have used somebody by his side, he's denying him. Yeah. This is that same Peter now boldly standing up in the middle of the crowd, fearless, fearless, telling what happened to Jesus, and basically, like I said, pointing his finger at the crowd and telling them they're the ones responsible. Holy Spirit really filled him with some boldness, wouldn't you say? Wow. No longer afraid, no longer denying. He's stepping out in faith, ready to boldly live for Jesus Christ. And that can happen to, to us too. Huh? That can happen to us too, being bold. Amen. And the crowd, the crowd that was there, rather than getting defensive and angry, like you might think, they listened, and Scripture says that they were cut to the heart. And they, when they heard what Peter said, and they asked what they should do. And Peter told them to be sorry for their sins and turn from them. That means repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that their sins would be forgiven. And doing that, they would receive power, Holy Spirit power. The same Holy Spirit that they had seen on display earlier that day. Peter warned them and actually pleaded with them to be careful of the culture. And this is for us too. There's a We live in a culture that doesn't lift up the values that Christ teaches us. And they, that's the same back then. And he even said that it was a corrupted culture. And then in Acts 2, verses 41 and 42, we read, So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread 
and the prayers. And so Holy Spirit's working on both sides of this equation, working on Pete, working on the crowd. Amen? Amen. And as a result, 3,000 were added to their number to that day. 3,000. That's a lot of people. 3,000 people. Can you imagine that? 3,000? What if that happened here? Parking's already a little tight. <laughs> Have to add a few more seats. Bigger gym. More classrooms. Bigger lobby. Biggest problem of all, we're going to run out of coffee. <laughs> other than the coffee, because I understand you guys, wouldn't those other things be great problems to have? Wouldn't they be great problems to have? And see, here's the thing. It could happen here. It can happen here. It can. Right here. It can happen. Because with God, all things are possible. Yeah. And incredible things happen when we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. As the believers did on that day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple... <coughs> They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That's what we call an Acts 2 church. We call it Acts 2 because we just read about it and we're reading about it in the second chapter of Acts, Acts 2. Acts 2 church, that's a church that not only allows but invites the Holy Spirit not only into the life of the church but into the lives of those in the church. It's a church that not only talks the Jesus talk but it's a church that walks the Jesus walk. It's a church that is inviting. It's a church that is welcoming. It's a church that shares its resources. It's a church where we spend time in worship in teaching, in prayer, in fellowship, where we break bread together, where we do life with one another. Church where we truly, fully, absolutely believe that Jesus died for us. And it's through his death and resurrection that we find salvation. Not because of anything <laughs> that we might do, but because of what he's already done. Not because we're worthy, <laughs> hardly, but because he's worthy. And not because of anything we might sacrifice, but because he's already made the ultimate sacrifice, giving his life for you and for me and our salvation. We have the makings of being an Acts 2 church. Connection, we can be that church as described in Acts chapter 2. There's been a lot of seeds planted. There's been, you know, we need to continue to water and fertilize and nurture, focusing on Jesus and what he taught, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And so we are forming a new team called the Grow Team. 
grow team. We are going to try to come up with some innovative ways to reach people and tell them about Jesus. Different neighborhoods. And it's not about growing Connection Church. It's about having people encounter Jesus and knowing that they're not an accident. They're not junk. That Jesus changes our lives and we are never, ever alone again. That we have this holy spirit power. We cannot be a church where we just wait for things to happen. We need to go. Go through these doors and witness to what we have experienced, what we know, how our lives are different because of the one true God. And here's the thing. We've got to expect it to happen. We we're not those skeptics like we read in scripture. We are believers in Jesus Christ. And we can expect good things in God's time, not ours. Let God control it. Waiting on God when God calls us to wait, but acting when God calls us to act. Mm. So the question for the day was, what did Jesus do for an encore? <laughs> Well, he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father after handing the ministry over to the disciples who then received Holy Spirit power to continue to carry on the mission and ministry that Jesus had started. And so the second question for today is this. Are you ready for Jesus' encore to be carried out through you with God's Holy Spirit power? Are you open to what God has in store for you, for us, for Connection Church, the mission and ministry that we have. Are you open to saying yes to a, a relationship with Jesus Christ? Saying yes to continue to carry out what he started with his disciples. Saying yes to being an Acts 2 church, the kind of church described there in that second chapter of Acts that we shared this morning. Are we ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for what God has in store for Jesus' encore, for the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ here throughout Newcastle County, Kent County, all of Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, East Coast, Mid, West Coast, United States, to the ends of the earth? Are you open to where Jesus might lead you? through that Holy Spirit power. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready, Connection? Are you ready, those of you online? We pray that your answer is yes, because we are moving. We are ready. We are poised and ready. And it's time to just stop being ready. It's time to go. It's time to go viral and share the mission that God has called us to. Say the mission with me to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this book of Acts that you share with us. How believers gathered and sometimes they just hunkered down and they prayed together and they sought you. And then they went and they put action out there on the streets, and they weren't afraid, and that Holy Spirit 
your Holy Spirit gave them a boldness to share, even in a culture that didn't want to hear it. Lord, help us be bold as we live out your plan for our lives. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.